Trump uh, just spoke. While he was speaking, there was literally just utter chaos, uh, like just uh, like literally blocks away from him with the National Guard's member and what looked like military in D.C. tear gassing protesters, pushing protesters. Uh, we also have this where a uh, police were literally, let me show you, uh, punching a cameraman in the face. Look at this. So that was a member of the press that, I don't know who that was, DC police, it looks like it, just ramming his shield into a cameraman. And we've been seeing these press attacks for days and days and days. Uh, so it's truly astounding what's going on. Let me play you some of Trump's dystopian, militaristic, frankly, barbaric speech. But we cannot allow the righteous cries and peaceful protesters to be drowned out by an angry mob. The biggest victims of the rioting are peace-loving citizens in our poorest communities. And as their president, I will fight to keep them safe. I will fight to protect you. I am your president of law and order and an ally of all peaceful protesters. But in recent days, our nation has been gripped by professional anarchists, violent mobs, arsonists, looters, criminals, rioters, Antifa, and others. A number of state and local governments have failed to take necessary action to safeguard their residents. Innocent people have been savagely beaten, like the young man in Dallas, Texas, who was left dying on the street or the woman in upstate New York, viciously attacked by dangerous thugs. Small business owners have seen their dreams utterly destroyed. New York's finest have been hit in the face with bricks. Brave nurses who have battled the virus are afraid to leave their homes. A police precinct has been overrun here in the nation's capital, the Lincoln Memorial, and the World War II Memorial have been vandalized. One of our most historic churches was set ablaze. A federal officer in California, an African-American enforcement hero, was shot and killed. These are not acts of peaceful protest. These are acts of domestic terror. The destruction of innocent life and the spilling of innocent blood is an offense to humanity and a crime against God. America needs creation, not destruction. Cooperation, not contempt. Security, not anarchy. Healing, not hatred. Justice, not chaos. This is our mission, and we will succeed. 100 percent, we will succeed. Our country always wins. That is why I am taking immediate 
presidential action to stop the violence and restore security and safety in America. I am mobilizing all available federal resources, civilian and military, to stop the rioting and looting, to end the destruction and arson, and to protect the rights of law-abiding Americans, including your Second Amendment rights. Therefore, the following measures are going into effect immediately. First, we are ending the riots and lawlessness that has spread throughout our country. We will end it now. Today, I have strongly recommended to every governor to deploy the National Guard in sufficient numbers that we dominate the streets. Mayors and governors must establish an overwhelming law enforcement presence until the violence has been quelled. If a city or state refuses to take the actions that are necessary to defend the life and property of their residents, then I will deploy the United States military and quickly solve the problem for them. I am also taking swift and decisive action to protect our great capital, Washington, D.C. What happened in this city last night was a total disgrace. As we speak, I am dispatching thousands and thousands of heavily armed soldiers, military personnel, and law enforcement officers to stop the rioting, looting, vandalism, assaults, and the wanton destruction of property. We are putting everybody on warning. Our 7 o'clock curfew will be strictly enforced. Those who threaten innocent life and property will be arrested, detained, and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. I want the organizers of this terror to be on notice that you will face severe criminal penalties and lengthy sentences in jail. So you get the point. Uh, Trump is pulling a full, full uh, GI jackass, military commando. Um, he is essentially saying, I am going to go to war with the people I'm supposed to protect. Uh, they don't particularly care about human life. They care about property being damaged because we live in the United Corporations of America and they are very, very upset that businesses companies are being destroyed. Basically, I mean, I've been saying this for a couple days that I thought Trump was going to release the military uh, because they want to quell this as soon as possible. Because the truth is, and, I, and obviously I'm being clear, I'm a white man saying this, so I don't want to speak for black people. But the truth is, what Trump and the leaders, leaders know is this is not only about George Floyd, as horrible as that murder was. I think what Trump and the entire oligarchy that presides over this unequal system realizes is this is starting out as a protest over George Floyd. But this is not just about George Floyd. I didn't play you the whole clip. I didn't play you Trump's whole speech, but he prefaced it with we are all upset about George Floyd, but that does not um, give you license to loot and arson and this and that. But the reality is this is not only about George Floyd. 
But the truth is, the arson, the looting, the property damage is not just about police killing black people. It's about black people being treated as inhuman, inhuman for 400 years in this country. President Trump started his speech by saying this country was formed on law and order. This country was founded on law and order. That's not true. Because this country was actually founded on kidnapping, on rape, and on genocide of Native Americans alongside of slavery. That's what this country was founded on, not law and order. And frankly, hundreds of years of this. We saw it in the 1960s with the Civil Rights Movement. But now you're seeing it, and this is the key difference, I think. Now you're seeing it not just with black people in the streets. You're seeing with their white allies with them. You have almost an even split. White people now are finally standing up, not just because it makes them feel good, but because they are outraged. They have reached their breaking point too, not to say white people are doing more than black people. Obviously, black people feel a lot more passionate and more threatened than white people. But you see the white people out there putting their bodies on the line too. And that's the key difference. That's the key difference between what we saw in the 1960s, what we saw with the Rodney King riots. There was always sprinkled in white allies, but this is very different. I also think it's not getting media attention because the media definitely doesn't want to talk about this because it would affect the status quo and the media exists to preserve the status quo. That's why we need a status coup in this country. Let's listen to Joe Biden. I mean, you, honestly, I wish this was the onion, but it's not. This is what Joe Biden had to say today. The idea that instead of standing there and teaching a cop when there's an unarmed person coming at him with a knife or something to shoot him in the leg instead of in the heart is a very different thing. There's a lot of different things that can change. I want to I wanna be fair here because uh, I don't want to distort what Biden was trying to say. I don't quite know what he was trying to say because I, I've been saying for over a year, long before people were trying, long before people were comfortable saying this, that he clearly has some cognitive problems. He's clearly in cognitive decline. It is a, it's a damn crime against journalism that the media has basically covered up that fact. Joe Biden is clearly in early cognitive decline of some sort. I'm not mocking him. That's just clear. He doesn't. Makes sense when he speaks most of the time. He has trouble finishing sentences. He mangles words. He forgot Obama's name multiple times during speeches. He called himself an obiden Obama Democrat. So he clearly has some issues. In that sentence, at first he said, if an unarmed person is coming at you, and then right after it he said, with a knife. So Somebody direct messaged me wanting me to retweet their tweet saying, you know, Biden should drop out because he said this. And my first thought was, well, when I listened to it, I think he meant if somebody's coming at you with a knife, don't shoot him in the heart, shoot him in the legs. 
I mean, to be honest with you, if, if somebody is coming at a police officer with a knife, we can't say, you know, a police officer doesn't have the right to defend himself if they actually are. We all know that police officers all the time say, well, I thought, I thought, I thought he had a knife. I thought he was going for his gun, when in reality he was going for his cell phone, you know, or whatever. But if somebody's actually coming at a police officer with a knife, like, I think it's objectively, yes, they should defend themselves. But again, because he's cognitively not well, I don't know what the hell he was saying. In one breath, he said, you know, if an unarmed person is coming at you with a knife, well, you're not an unarmed person if you're coming with somebody with a knife. So again, I don't know what he was saying. It's going around Twitter. People are taking it as he was saying, if an unarmed person is coming at you, shoot him in the leg, not the heart. Well, if that's what he meant, then that's a problem. It's not okay to shoot unarmed people, period. I don't know what's so hard for Joe Biden to understand. If someone is unarmed, you're a police officer. If they're coming at you, you've been trained how to bring somebody down, how to defend yourself. But again, he said, if an unarmed person's coming at you with a knife or something. So again, because he's cognitively not well, he don't make sense. Okay, so if somebody's coming at you with a knife, yeah, I, I think they have the right to defend himself. But the problem is, it goes back to what I've been saying this whole live stream. We in America, the government, have fetishized the police to the point where they get every single benefit of the doubt. Not the black man that gets murdered. The police, if they say, I feared for my life. Well, you know, the police say they feared for their life, so, so be it. Oh, I thought he had a knife. I had to shoot. I thought they were going for a gun. I had to shoot. And we all know their fellow police officers are complicit because they make up statements all the time. We have seen it all over this country that the police put down in their reports of what happened. They lie. But whatever Joe Biden was trying to say, no, the answer is not instead of shooting them in the heart, shooting them in the leg. If the person's unarmed. If the person is coming at you with a knife, I think police can defend themselves. But again, here's the problem, and one of the reasons, I mean, at this point, I don't know if Donald Trump is going to win. I think a comatose, severely cognitive, declining man like Joe Biden might win at this point, because Trump is inciting a race war. Trump is inciting possibly the next civil war. And I don't know if an incumbent can win, no matter how bad his challenger is under that condition. But this is one of the main problems with Biden, and I've been saying it for a year. He is past his expiration date. I don't know what to say. He can't speak. Right now, your choices are this. A full-on racist who is essentially saying, I'm going to unleash the military to basically shoot at protesters. Even if, they're, even if they're unarmed, even if they're peaceful, we'll just say they were coming at us. That's what his speech is stoking. He is stoking possible real violence. 
we know Trump is a racist. We know he's an Islamophobe. We know he's a sexist. We know he's a homophobe. And we know all this. Just look at the Central Park Five. Look at his, his family's housing discrimination for decades. So you have that versus the guy who drafted and pushed the crime bill, which created mass incarceration, which really accelerated the militarization of the police, and who now claims to be a friend of black people, who takes hundreds of millions of dollars from Wall Street, who, by the way, Wall Street is maybe more responsible than anyone for black people and brown people continuing to live in mass poverty. I get into that with Justin. And oh, by the way, his answer for all this, I mean, you just can't make this stuff. This is Biden. The only way to bear this pain is to turn all that anguish to purpose. And as president, I will help lead this conversation. Oh, the conversation. We always hear about the conversation that needs to happen. So I tweeted, we don't need a conversation. A meaningless word corrupt white politicians use to signal action and then never do anything. We need to undo Joe Biden's racist crime bill and defund police departments until they stop killing black people. End of story. Conversation. What are you going to do? What is there to talk about? And by the way, this isn't just Joe Biden. Politicians have been talking about this conversation we have to have about race. There's no time for a conversation. Black people are being used as target practice by the police. I don't have time for your conversation, Joe Biden. I don't know if you guys know this, but another black man was killed during this, during these protests. Louisville police left the body of David McCaddy on the street for 12 hours. And this is from The Intercept. The body of David McCaddy laid in the streets of Louisville, Kentucky for over 12 hours on Monday. McCaddy had been killed by law enforcement just after midnight on Sunday, May 31st, amid days of protests over police violence nationwide. Noon the next day, protesters were gathered at the site. McCaddy's body was still there. McCaddy, the owner of a local barbecue business and a beloved community figure, was shot and killed after Louisville police and the National Guard opened fire on a crowd that had gathered at a parking lot on 26th and Broadway. As the owner of Yaya's Barbecue, McCaddy was known to give police officers free meals. Bystanders and witnesses have said that the crowd was not protesting when the police arrived. Police claimed that they were returning fire after the crowd began shooting. Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir attributed the killing to the Louisville Metro Police Department and the National Guard. Police officers, Louisville Mayor or Greg, uh, or Greg Fisher said, had not activated their body cameras in violation of policy. Police Chief Steve Conrad was fired as a result but retains his pension. Newly promoted Acting Chief Robert Schroeder at the press conference seemed to walk back Bashir's statement pending investigation. Quote, we do not know who shot him. We do not know if it was related to a separate incident, if it was due to the shots fired by our officers and the National Guardsmen and soldiers that accompanied them. The press conference did not address why McCaddy's body was left outside and Louisville police did not respond to a request for comment. Robert Lavertis Bell, a community activist who's running for the Louisville Metro Council in the 4th District, was among the hundreds of protesters who had gathered at the scene early Monday afternoon. He said the crowd was made up mostly of members of the community, not experienced activists who were angry and hurt. Quote, we were already dealing with the death of Breonna Taylor, he said, referring to the police shooting of a young black woman two months ago. Quote, 
Even if they had some sort of legitimate procedural reasons for keeping the body at the scene, you'd think they would have in mind the trauma that they're inflicting when they do that, especially having experienced that with the Michael Br Mike Brown case in Ferguson. That's the first thing I thought, that this was terrorism, because it's terrorizing, even if they don't intentionally try to do it. There is no procedure. There's absolutely no procedure to leave a human being's body out in the street for 12 hours. That's just revolting, absolutely revolting to do, to do something like that. Secondly, you know, when are we going to say enough is enough with not only the murdering of black people, but who is exactly investigating these crimes? We're told, who said this? Newly promoted acting chief Robert Schroeder at the press conference seemed to walk back Bashir's statement pending investigation. We do not know who shot him. We do not know if it was related to a separate incident. Well, call me cynical, but I have had enough with police departments investigating themselves. Why should we believe the new acting police commissioner pending an investigation? Yeah, you're going to investigate who shot him? Well, how do we know you're actually going to credibly, with integrity and ethics, investigate it. If there were no active protests at the time, which witnesses said, what were the police shooting in response, in response to? Uh, if it was accidental fire, wouldn't you want to just show that? Could have been, you know, accidentally. If somebody was literally shooting at the police, which I find hard to believe, and they were shooting back, it could have ricocheted or something like that. But we're going to continue to trust police departments or district attorneys that in a lot of cases, remember, do you remember? We've, because of George Floyd, I'm not saying we're minimizing it, but we're not hearing as much about Ahmaud Arbery because of the current George Floyd situation. Originally, originally it was the district attorney investigating it who suggested, yeah, no, this isn't, this isn't murder. I, we don't have evidence for murder. And then he had to be removed. A lot of times, the officials that are investigating this through incompetence or just gross corruption, because they are kind of in the tank with the police department, are covering it up. I give you Laquan McDonald in Chicago. I honestly have not looked into this enough to say for sure, but I can tell you there is no procedure, procedural reason to leave somebody's dead body in the street for 12 hours. And the sick part is this was a beloved local restaurant owner who gave police free meals, killed most likely by the police. I won't hold my breath. for justice in this case. And by the way, sadly, it's not the only one to report on. You also have James Skurlock, a 22-year-old black man, was shot and killed by a white bar owner on Saturday night in Omaha, Nebraska, during a George Floyd protest. Witnesses said the gunman used racial slurs before the shooting. This is from the Daily Beast. 
A young black protester was shot outside a bar in Omaha as unrest across the nation engulfed the Nebraska city and while the bar owner was reportedly in custody. And the white bar owner was reportedly in custody. The victim was identified as 22-year-old James Scurlock, whose father called for justice as the city embraced for another night of chaos. Quote, last night I lost my son, my wife lost a son, my kids lost a brother, the grieving dad, who has the same name, told reporters at the Malcolm X Memorial Foundation Visitor Center. Quote, his daughter lost a father, all because he decided to protest against racism. There's lots of speculation and rumors about how this happened. I don't really care, to be honest. My family wants closure and peace. What we want is for this to go to the court and get a full prosecution. We want this to go with justice and go peacefully. Police confirmed they had a suspect in custody, but did not name him. However, the Omaha World Herald and KMTV both identified him as Jake Gardner, owner of two bars, The Hive and The Gatsby, on the street when it happened. So. Let me show you this. The gunman is the owner of two Omaha bars and described himself as a libertarian, a former Marine, hold on, a former Marine and a 2016 volunteer for the Trump campaign. His bars have received social media complaints that they discriminated against black patrons. Shocking. Live press conference today. Don Klain, Douglas County attorney in Omaha says, there was damage, damage to property and Mr. Skurlock was killed. He says no racial slurs were used by the shooter, even though witnesses say we were, that James Skurlock, quote, damaged property before going to the bar where he was fatally shot. Klein showed video of a shoving altercation between James Skurlock and the shooter's father and then the shooter, Jake Gardner. Gardner is shown shooting James Skurlock in the clavicle. It is bizarre to me that they're playing the video of this man's killing over and over. This is from a reporter tweeting it. Klein, the law we're looking at is justification for use of force. Deadly force can only be used in, a just, in justifiable situations. So let's hear what the white district attorney says is so justifiable about this. If someone is in fear of their life or bodily injury and don't feel they could retreat safely, even if they're mistaken, it's justifiable. <laughs> Klein alleges shots were fired by Gardner to get James Skurlick to stop attacking him physically, and that was justified because Gardner was in a chokehold by Skurlick. Klein still hasn't clarified whether James Skurlick was armed or unarmed. Klein, I hope that this great community that we live in can get through this without disruption. This is the decision that we've made. No charges. Klein's summary, Gardner waved his gun around to scare James Skurlock off. A physical altercation ensued. Gardner shot Skurlock because he was afraid for his life and ultimately was self-defense. Gardner's concealed carry license had expired. So let's, let's get this straight. You have a white business owner who multiple witness, witnesses said used racial slurs towards this 22-year-old black man. If a white business owner has had complaints about discrimination against black customers. This is the Daily Beast reporting that. You have the white business owner waving a gun around. And by the way, I don't know if Spurlock was or was not damaging the property. I have no idea. And to me, that's not even the point. 
damaging property is arrestable. It's not, mur it's not uh, licensed to murder somebody. The police did not say whether Spurlock was armed, so my assumption is he wasn't armed. So the guy with the gun is fearing for his life over the guy without a gun? Is that what I'm hearing? Again, I don't know if he had a gun or, I don't know if Spurlock, the victim, had a gun or not, but if he did, you would think the police would say so. They didn't say he had a gun. So that district attorney is saying that the guy waving around his gun was fearing for his life, so he shot him and that was justifiable? Because what? Because Spurlock had him in a chokehold? Can any white person just say, I feared for my life? Okay. Oh, done. <laughs> no wonder there's a f revolt going on around the country. <laughs>